ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody. Special show this week. Uh, it's all state of wrestling, baby. No, no big interview this week. However, Katie and I uh, are making a trip to Syracuse, New York next week. Scheduled to be on the show, the Young Bucks. Young Bucks schedule for next week. I can't wait to talk to the Young Bucks. Arguably the best tag team in all of wrestling today. Um, so that's next week. That's going to be huge. This week... Uh, we're going to talk about a lot, Night of Champions, Fallout, everything that's been happening on Raw, a lot of WWE stuff this week. Uh, speaking of WWE, I forgot to even tell you, last week, for those of you that follow me on social media, you know this, but I didn't even get to talk about hitting up the WWE warehouse. There were photos on my Instagram. The first photo I posted was probably my favorite thing I saw, to tell you the truth. It was a, a case full of used WWE championship belts, WWE and WWF. It was the old European title was in there. Uh, the tag belts were in there. There was an old Intercontinental Championship in there. It's full of stuff. I mean, so much stuff at that warehouse. They have a, a room uh, that has all the like really special stuff in that's air conditioned and everything. And that's where like all the the titles were and a lot of the old outfits that the wrestlers had. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that I go nuts for. The title belts really do it for me. And I, I've talked about the title belts on the podcast before, you know, getting that replica winged eagle belt. But, I mean, there's so much stuff there. Of course, they have every coffin imaginable. So many coffins. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's an area of shelving where they just have barber chairs. So Vince McMahon's barbershop chair is in there and, and all the different uh, hair versus hair match barber chairs that they've used are all in this warehouse. Um, you know, they have the disassembled Hell in a Cell. They have steel cages. I didn't see the uh, old school blue bar steel cage. I saw a, a couple of different versions of the cage, but not that would have been awesome. I did see the unassembled Punjabi prison. That, that, and then... And one of the guys there said that, that is something that they get questioned about more often than not. Uh, I mean, seeing all the sets, it really was amazing. It's so cool that the WWE is holds on to everything. I mean, they had automobiles in there. They had everything. It's a huge facility. Um, but I really look forward to a day where hopefully they can display all this stuff. Because they've got so much stuff. There's no doubt in my mind. That they could have a huge, if they wanted to build a Hall of Fame, some kind of exhibit, something, there's no doubt in my mind that they could. They've saved everything. And they're continuously collecting. So they're reaching out to people uh, who just have pro wrestling connections. Uh, the, the the collections, I should say, that grew up in the business or the old promoters, old wrestlers themselves. And they're asking them, you know, what do you have? What would you like to... Uh, for us to keep and and they maintain it and they you know make sure it lasts forever. I think that's what a lot of the appeal is. But I mean the amount of stuff that the WWE has is is so museum worthy. It's incredible. They have the ring, the old Madison Square Garden ring that was used at WrestleMania one. The 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 ring itself. It's it's, it's so cool. You get to see all the kind of technological advances that they've made in their rings over time. So much detail is put into this stuff. That's what I really took away. So much detail is put into this stuff that you never would, you would never know. It never picks up to any of us. But And then it's like some of the stuff they have around. One of my favorite things, besides seeing like the title belts and everything, one of my favorite things to see was uh, what they're doing with everything. So they're repurposing some stuff. When you first go in, first of all, there are banners that used to be hung on the ceiling, hanging from their ceiling. So there's the big Saturday night's main event sign is on the ceiling of this place. And they have like ECW banners flying and old pay-per-view banners flying. They have posters up, everything. Um, But I loved seeing what they repurposed. One of the 
contraptions that they use to hold all their stuff in, all like the nuts and bolts and the little things, is a locker setup. And on the locker setup in spray paint, it says headbangers rule. It's the old, it, it, it was used on Raw, you know, in, in the late 90s. It's, it's an old headbangers locker set that they now use for lockers. And I think they said one of the little tool bags that they had that they were keeping stuff in. Um, they said they think it's an old Jake the Snake Roberts Damien bag. So much cool stuff there. It was, it was, a, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I, I snapped a few photos while I was there, which you can see at Instagram.com slash NotSam. Now, let's get into the state of wrestling, huh? As I said, Katie Linendahl joins me this week. Uh, and I want to talk about mainly Night of Champions because there was a lot of fallout coming from that. And quite honestly, this reflects back to what we were talking about either last week or the week before about WWE needing to be a future-focused company. You know, with the amount of guys, the, the guys that are in the main event scene right now, uh, it really is telling, and I'm not sure if it's telling in a good way. So let's get to it. By the way, I should say this. I always try to mention it at least once on the podcast. If you want to support us here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, there's one great way to do it. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get yourself um, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, a Not Sam t-shirt, a What's the Haps t-shirt, all kinds of different shirts available now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. And that's the cash that helps uh, kick back and fund all the cool stuff we're doing on this podcast. You know, some weeks... Like this one, it's just Katie and I kind of talking about what's going on in WWE. Other weeks, we're putting on huge events at Caroline's. Or we're traveling to get an interview, which is what we're doing next weekend. Um, So there's a lot going on with this show. And I really appreciate all you guys continuing to listen to the show and making it possible. Because, you know, otherwise it just wouldn't be. You've made it a, a huge success that I'm really, really happy with. So thank you guys for that. Uh, and let's get into it. Here it is. Howard Finkel, bring us in to this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here we are, special extended State of Wrestling this week. On the show and with me at this time is visionary tech expert, the first person with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus that I know anyway. That's a true story. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Linendahl is back. Welcome. You know how you you got me this week. How's that? I heard the I heard the call. What call is that? <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting there. We were watching the pay-per-view <laughs> and making crow sounds the entire time. So look, this is something I want to address <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Yours is better. (laughs) This is something I want to address right off the bat. A lot of people, you know, they heard about my uh, one-man army raging against Sting wearing T-shirts when he wrestles. I said, that's the last thing I want to see is Sting wearing a T-shirt when he wrestles. And people were like, you know, he's not wearing a T-shirt and he still looks good. Or, well, he's injured now, so I hope you're happy. Or a lot, a lot of people came to me and said... Well, what about Kevin Owens? What about Kevin Owens? He wrestles in a t-shirt. Don't let him hear you say that. There's a big difference. I'm not sitting here and telling you that it is 100% of the times wrong to wrestle in a t-shirt. If that's what you do, that's what you do. Here's some people who I'm okay with that have wrestled in t-shirts. Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Raven, Kevin Owens. The list goes on. Well, that was Two of the people are the same people. What? Two of those you listed were the same person. So you're only really Kevin Owens and Raven? No. You said Dude Love and Cactus Jack. No, no, no. That's not. That wouldn't be the same. I mean, Dude Love is a man who professes peace, love, and having mercy. Cactus Jack is obsessed with barbed wire and damaging people. That couldn't be the same. My bad. That couldn't be the same person. I see some physical similarities, but not really. Mm -hmm. Dude Love gets chicks, Cactus Jack does not. Fair point. You know what I mean? But people who have always wrestled with a shirt on because that's their look, because that's their whatever, that's fine. My problem 
is when wrestlers establish a look, you know what you're getting. Like Sting comes out and he's wearing the crow makeup. So you're expecting crow Sting out there, right? Of course. But when he wrestles in a t-shirt, crow Sting never wrestled in a t-shirt as a young man. So you're just more upset about the consistency. I'm more upset. I am upset about wrestlers when they get to a certain age. If you have to wrestle in a T-shirt, leave the T-shirt at home and hang it up next to your boots because you're done. Dude's 56 years old, man. Well, then it's... From a bone. Look, he looks great, by the way. He looked great at the pay-per-view and the bumps he was taking. So drop it. I needed to defend myself because people didn't like that I made fun of the fact that he wrestled, quote-unquote, wrestled a match on Raw in a T-shirt when there are other wrestlers who wear T-shirts. But... There's a big difference between a wrestler, just a guy who who does what he does in a T-shirt, and an older gentleman who's decided, okay, I'm going to put a T-shirt on this week. That's embarrassing to see. You want your wrestlers to be superheroes. And no matter how old Superman ever got, he never threw a T-shirt on over the spandex. You know, oftentimes I, I bust your chops because you miss the forest for the trees, right. or whatever that saying is. Right. And I feel like you're really passionate about this T-shirt gate. I am. But you are you haven't even once talked about how the fact that Oh my gosh, breaking. Ah! Sting is injured. <laughs> well, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I just think it's important to put that on the table because it's been a thing. I do not like seeing wrestlers get older and put t-shirts on. <laughs> this is important to me. It ruins it for me. You go and you're like, oh, we get to see Sting in a WWE ring. What, what is he wearing? He never wore that. That's what I don't like. He didn't wear a t-shirt at WrestleMania, and he didn't wear a t-shirt at Night of Champions. More power to him. He looked great on both those evenings. That one match on Raw is what I had an issue with, so I wanted to put that on the table. Now, as you mentioned, Katie, he did legitimately get injured. I was watching that match, the Seth Rollins-Sting match at Night of Champions, thinking to myself, he is taking some crazy bumps. For a man of that age to be coming in, you kind of expect him to be taken care of a little bit. You kind of expect him to take it easy, especially since it's not WrestleMania. It's Night of Champions. So you kind of expect him to take it easy. You'd expect Seth Rollins to, you know... Seth Rollins is like the Madden curse, man. Broke Cena's nose. Yeah, yeah. Busted up Sting. Yeah. Seth Rollins goes hard in the paint. That's what he does. Yeah, I call that a CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I do wonder... I wonder how it feels for a wrestler... After they injure somebody, like after Seth Rollins leaves that match having injured, with Sting being injured, I should say. I wonder if he feels guilty about it. Like if he goes home like, ah, I wish I hadn't fucking powerbombed him on the turnbuckle. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't the greatest idea. It's probably like, you know, when you say something bad about someone or something and they find out and you're like, then you like, it's all cool. But really it never will be cool. Yeah, it's not that cool. Yeah. You know, like God rest his soul, Owen Hart. I never got the impression that Stone Cold and Owen Hart were that cool. Because, you know, he, he Owen Hart was responsible for the biggest injury in Austin's career. It shortened his career. The neck-breaking at SummerSlam uh, 97. Uh, I, yeah, I think that is one of those things that kind of sticks with you. Even if it's not the guy's fault. You know, I don't think... I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain Seth Rollins didn't do anything wrong. And I'm quite certain that Rollins and Sting had, had worked things out before the match. That they knew what they were going to do. That they had agreed on what they were going to do. That everything was kind of on the table and all gravy. Uh, but... Things happen inside that ring, especially when you're going as hard as Sting was going at his age. Uh, I wasn't sure while I was watching the match if Sting was actually injured. I thought I thought the finish was weird if he wasn't injured, but the fact that he was injured. What, do we know what what point he did? Uh, no, I don't think I don't. At the time of this recording, I we don't know for sure. But we the, have some guesses. Yeah, I mean. The table bump was crazy. He hit that table hard, the Spanish announce table. That was nuts, but I think it was the power bomb on the turnbuckle. I think that's what did it, and apparently, I know Dave Meltzer is saying that it's a neck injury, <gasps> and they don't, they don't know if he's going to be good. able to come back from it. You know, his, his health people have said that Sting is, like, in ridiculous shape, and he's on this, this, oh, this program, so, you know, if somebody can come back from it, it will be Sting, but they just don't know. Let me tell you something. A neck or a back injury? Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah, I mean, because people, there's so much going on throughout that whole spinal column that you need it for the rest of your body. You know I broke my back. Right. Yeah. How long did that put you out for? And you're not I, even a wrestler. I was like in a, 
a period where I was like in the office space where like I was inventing the jump to conclusions, Matt. Yeah. That- <laughs> it's a jump to, to conclusions, conclusions Matt. Matt. That was pretty much me for an entire summer. Wow. Yeah. How'd you break your back? I jumped off a bridge. Onto just concrete? That no, was I dumb. Wanted to, I wanted to get the record. I wanted to be the only girl to jump off this 100-foot train trestle. Of course she did. Because what's more important than uh, than winning something? And I, I, I won a, a, a free pizza, and a, uh, my friends gave me an Italian ice for that. From bed, though? Were they to deliver no, no, it to no, your was, room? That was like, if I do it, right. we're, we're, off, we're on a tangent. But it was really important that I got that record and probably still hold it like an idiot. Well, yeah, because you also have a broken back. True story. So do you still, does your back still, do you still feel oh, it? Oh, that's what I'm saying. There's it never still, goes away. And how many years ago was that? Over 10. So there's still ramifications from that. Yes. You're not even an athlete. I Oh, I'm an athlete. Well, you work out, but you're not a professional athlete. Well, I consider myself a professional athlete. You do, who pays you to be an athlete? Myself. Okay, well, that doesn't work like that. You can't hire yourself. It does yourself. work like that. I you, have my own entrance music. How does I, it go? I, I, let me tell you something. You want to know who the worst person to compete against is? Who? This girl. Myself competing against myself. I have to deal with myself and my head every day. Yeah, I I I mean, I'm going to put myself in a column as a professional athlete. I still think I'm going to the Olympics. You are maybe for self competition. Yeah, yeah. Who's the best, Katie Lindo? Oh, it's going to be me. No, it's going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Just competing with yourself the whole time. Um, What do you think? Everything aside, I think Sting's the man for finishing the match like he did. If he was injured that badly for both of them, that's crazy. Um, and he made it, he turned it into a finish that actually did work. Again, it was weird, but that's because he was injured. The fact that he was injured means that, like, he's a warrior for Agreed. fighting through that and, and, and locking on the Scorpion Deathlock still and taking the small package still and, and doing all that. It's almost, it would be an interesting combination to see, like, the worst injuries and in people pulled through. It's like Stone Cold. Brock Lesnar. Well, I mean, Sid's. You were never going to see a roundup of that on WWE.com. No, but I mean it's. <laughs> I don't think that'd be good. Between us, it's pretty notable. Sid Vicious's leg was dangling off out of his boot. No way. He got the yeah. I forgot you didn't watch WCW. No, it wasn't a WCW. Girl. This was like the end of WCW. He got the Thiesman injury. You know where where literally his bottom leg bone snapped because he jumped off the top rope wrong. Oh, and his leg folded. And he picks his leg up off the mat, and you see his ankle and his boot just flops. Like it's not connected to his leg anymore. It's just kind of flopping around there. It's the most horrifyingly gruesome uh, wrestling injury yeah, that's footage pretty, that's pretty bad. I've ever seen. Uh, but he came back. Top 10. He came back. You know, I'm sure. And I, mentally, too, you have to wonder. Sting is 56 years old. Mm-hmm. He, he has this injury in a match like this. He's only wrestling... Well, I mean, I can't even count the Raw match as a match. Like, he did a little bit, but it wasn't really a match. Like, he's two big matches this year, and he gets an injury like this in one of the two. Psychologically, that's got to do something. Like, psychologically, that's got to change. Even if he can physically get back in the ring, you would think that psychologically, I mean, I would be scared to do stuff. I think psychologically, anybody that takes an injury... You're always, I think there's some part of your brain, your, your neurons are firing. There's always some concern. Right. Even if you can get past it, fine. But there's always some, like you're in always the background. kind of favoring that leg. You're like, mm-hmm. you're probably always aware of, of your back. Even totally. if it's not acting up, you're like, ah. Uh, like you're, you're. I'm a professional athlete. Well, again, you're only, what, what sport? So, uh, Night of Champions. I know, these tough questions. It's tough to get past them. I thought it was really interesting. Oh, man. Um, what did you think of the finish of the whole Night of Champions show? So that was the finish of the match. So here's how here's how it plays out. Rollins loses clean to Cena. Yep. Then loses clean to him again the next night because that's necessary. Uh, then <laughs> wins against Sting clean. So he still looks all right. People have been saying, and then Sheamus comes out and Kane comes out and the whole thing. People have been saying that Seth Rollins... Uh, loses way too much for a world heavyweight champion. That he's got that he's involved in, especially with this U.S. title stuff and so many non-title matches mm-hmm. and tag matches. I still feel like Seth Rollins is an underhanded bad guy champion, meaning he's not supposed to be this sort of force to be reckoned with. He's supposed to be this guy that's conniving and cheated his way to the top. I agree. So I don't think it's that bad when he loses. But I think. What was bad, though, is you blew past two notable things that happened in Night of Champions in the ending. 
One yeah. being the how many times does Seamus try to cash in and the ref is just doesn't understand what's going on? Well, I feel That's like one of two. I've, number one, I feel like you poo pooed my uh, sting in a T-shirt thing only so you could <laughs> rush through that so you could get back game? to your refs. Okay, that's what's going I, on I have, here. I have several RefGate issues. People are on RefGate. Oh, I know it. I know. But it. I mean, come on. I mean, what's the confusion? Do you want me? You sure? You sure you want me to give it to? You want me to give it to? Do you want me to give it to the timekeeper? Because no, uh, I give it to the timekeeper. If you want me to give it to him, Seamus says like, you sure? Give it to the timekeeper. Do, do you like I hand it to him, or do I just like call for the bell? Yeah, because I'll go and give it to him. But you have to tell me you want to. Please give it to him. I'm not. You're not being clear. Yeah. What do you? What did you? Don't shout. Like, there's no reason yeah, to there's shout. there's no reason to yell here. Right. Whoa, there's Kane's music. Who would have thought that was coming? Speaking of Kane, Weak Sauce Man, you're going to end the last pay-per-view with Brock Lesnar. And I don't even care if you were disappointed in how SummerSlam ended. Mm-hmm. You go to Night of Champions and, and Kane is the big surprise. What is this, 2005? Right. I mean, here's – it's weird. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I there's two disappointments – well, three, including Sheamus – uh, more so the ref. One, Jericho, and two, and we'll go there. You were disappointed about Jericho? Uh, very. That's I told your you, mystery partner. You called that. I told you it wasn't going to be a big deal. I said I said it's not going to be like a big deal surprise. It's going to be like a, I know a oh, lot of people want to disagree and be like, oh, I love Jericho. Just not seeing eye to eye with you on this one. Well, because he's not sticking around. It's not, it doesn't do anything. It's just like, oh, there's Jericho. He's at every house show. Here's... But to, to go back to where we were... Yeah. I don't think Kane was a strong ending. Well, it's weird what's going on right now. And you saw it on Raw this week. You saw it at the pay-per-view. WWE, you saw it on the commercials they were running. WWE has never, I don't think, been so on board with well, the legends, with the older with Kane talent. in the big show? Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got, okay, you've got SummerSlam, Headline. Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, two part-timers. You've got Night of Champions, Headline, Sting and Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. one part-timer with the return of Kane, who is an older guy at this point. He's been around for since the Attitude Era. You've got, leading up to the next pay-per-view, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker rematch. At what point does the priority shift to guys that are actively on the roster day-to-day? <laughs> We've talked about this. At what point do you shift attention toward... The people that you're building the company behind. I mean, even John Cena, who's been there for long enough, is getting overshadowed by guys that have been there longer. You know, I mean, even if even if Brock Lesnar is going to beat someone. Why? Why have Brock Lesnar versus the big show at Madison Square Garden? Why not have. Brock Lesnar versus, and I guess maybe you don't want to squash a young guy, but that's not the real reason. Like, why not throw Brock Lesnar versus Bo Dallas out there? We set it up at Raw. You know well, Brock Lesnar's going to be. I actually quite enjoyed the, if Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston, and Beats in the East. Right. Do something like that. Like just, I like that. It's an exhibition match. That's what it is. So why not say, okay, Bo Dallas wanted to open his mouth. Bo Dallas, you get the shot at Madison Square Garden. And sure. Is Are people going to go thinking Brock Lesnar is going to lose? No, but they're not thinking that now anyway. But what you do have is a scenario where every time you put a poster up or a TV graphic up for that Madison Square Garden show, you've got Bo Dallas's face on it. So all of a sudden, a new talent is being introduced to people and, and being upgraded because he's next to Brock Lesnar on the bill. You know, it, it doesn't do anything for the big show, he's got that already. Big show should be a lot, not on these shows regularly. Big show should be popping up every now and then. As like a, oh, the big show's back. Nobody can beat the More big like show. More like a Mark Henry type? Exactly. Exactly. You know, the big show is an impressive sight to see. He's a great athlete. And it's amazing to what level he can still go in the ring. Like guys that size cannot mm-hmm. go at this level as long as the big show can. But still... Big Show should be on TV like once every couple months as like, a, uh-oh, the Big Show's back and he should be beating people and leaving. The way Andre the Giant was. Andre the Giant wasn't on TV every week. Andre the Giant was on TV every now and then. But when Andre was in town, it's like he's unbeatable. That's why he went undefeated for 20 years because he wasn't wrestling every week. You can yeah. go undefeated for 20 years when you're only wrestling three times a year. 
you know, and you become right. and, and it builds up that way. Right. But I don't know why the decision would be made to have Kane be the guy to wrestle Seth Rollins for the world heavyweight title when the last guy was the established uh, 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 Sting. And the guy before that was John Cena, and none of these guys need any help. Like, none of it is building toward anything. You know, it's just— I completely agree. It's just this matter of getting it on TV now. It's as if they realized, oh, look at all this money we made with John Cena versus The Rock at WrestleMania. Let's do it again next year. Oh, what if we had a, what if we had two specialty matches like that at WrestleMania the year after? Oh, what if we did a specialty match like that at SummerSlam? Oh, SummerSlam was a massive success. What if we just did specialty matches— at every pay-per-view. But I feel like they're doing a specialty match at, uh, with this hell, with the Hell Tour. Yeah, the, the Go to Hell Tour. Which was kind of under-promoted. Well, it was strangely promoted. Strangely promoted. I wouldn't say it was under-promoted because everybody became aware of it. Yes. But it was strange that instead of, you know, Triple H coming out and saying, or Brock Lesnar or, or, or Paul Heyman coming out. Paul Heyman could have come to the ring and said... I want you, we want you, Undertaker, we want you back. And, and I would have rode that out for a few more weeks. Triple H goes, well, you know, who are you to make matches? And they go, well, we're going to have it in the Hell in a Cell and blah, blah, blah. And then finally you get this, here it is. And you have, you don't even need to use, so, okay, you don't want Brock Lesnar Undertaker on TV because it's expensive. Fine. So put Triple H and Paul Heyman on TV and have them work it out. And have Triple H, Triple, who's got history with The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell? Well, I mean, a lot of people, but Triple H wrestled Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell Ooh. at WrestleMania. Triple H comes out, Paul, I don't think you realize what you're asking for here. I thought I could beat The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. I couldn't get it done. You can't beat this guy. Not in a Hell in a Cell. That's the devil's playground. And The Undertaker's the devil. And Paul Heyman goes, well, you know who can beat the devil? The Beast incarnate and they go oh my god look what's happening but instead you know you're watching night of champions and it's like here's what's on the network this month undertaker and brock lesnar at hell in a cell wait now now back to sting in a t-shirt yeah wait 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 what did they just say Ah! (laughs) but there's a place there's a place for guys like that and the problem is you have all this undeniable talent that we talk about constantly at NXT and all these guys that have now joined the main roster. You've got your Kevin Owens. You've now look at, look at who you've got. You've got Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, uh, Cesaro. uh, I, I mean, name after name. And then you've got John Cena and Randy Orton just to keep like those sort of household names available that are already there. That's eight dudes already. You're telling me you can't make a compelling show centered around those dudes? Well, even the girls, too. And, and I'm not even talking about the divas, but you're 100% right. Look back to when was WWE most successful? What, Attitude Era? Attitude Era. Who was headlining then? Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, Undertaker. Not the Undertaker of now, the Undertaker of then. And you know what they were doing? They were saying, look at our competition. It's a bunch of old guys. Who wants to watch that? We got the real talent here. They were putting out promos saying, Hogan, Macho Man, who wants to watch those guys? But the WWE of today would have Hogan and Macho Man as much as they possibly could if they could still go. (laughs) Right. You know, because they're going back to that well so many times. That's what I feel like it's just recently become so evident, though. It definitely has. I mean, they've amped it. And I mean, only in the last couple months. Yeah. They've just amped it through the roof. You know, and and positively speaking, maybe this is the perfect time to bring back IRS and Tatanka. Um, Yeah. I mean, on a positive note, Tatanka's probably watching there sitting at his phone going, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before that rings. But why not have a thing where Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins are headlining? And why not have a thing where believably Bray Wyatt could be champion? But I also just think this uh, this new era, like... Kane versus Rollins isn't even, to me, an outstanding match. I don't think it is for anybody, quite frankly. I think that there is— That's like Snooze Fest USA. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it was cool seeing Seth Rollins get sucked under the ring on Raw. You know, I enjoyed it. It's a cool stunt. I've seen it before. I have, too. We've all seen it before. It's a cool thing to see. Um, 
I'm interested to see where they're going with multiple personality Kane. With corporate Kane and Demon Kane both simultaneously existing. And I got to tell you something. There was something to me, and I know I tweeted this out, but there was something to me that was far more terrifying about corporate Kane than there was Demon Kane. You know what made me uh, 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 gasp? You know what made me grab my comfort blanket and my goat? <laughs> it was when Kane looked at Seth Rollins and said, didn't you get the email? And I went, no! Ah! Because it's that corporate, it's probably because I'm 32, so, you know, you deal with these things when you get older. But it's that, that, that sort of douchey corporateness yeah. so perfectly displayed. That, to me, was terrifying. You didn't staple the TPS reports. Right, right. But, I mean, Kane has a place just being the guy in the suit. I'm not saying wipe Kane off the face of the earth. But Kane has a play. Now, I said just being the guy in the suit. I did not say the guy who wrestles every week in a pair of slacks. That's a whole different deal. Because I don't like guys who wrestle in slacks either. But. Surprise, surprise. Except IRS. He's the exception. Oh, yeah. I would never. Absolutely. But I think Kane could still be an intimidating uh, uh, general manager type director of operations. I don't mind Kane being director of operations. I mind Kane being in the main event of pay-per-views with the mask on in 2015. You know, I mean, he, he his 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 debut. Here's some trivia, and I'm pulling this out of my head. That's how impressive I am. I'm not. Do I have any notes in front of me? No notes. His debut was Bad Blood in 1997, October of 97. Okay, he's going. He's 18 years in. Kane. Kane. This is post Isaac Yankum. This isn't even counting Isaac Yankum. Oh This wow. isn't even counting fake okay. diesel. This is like back. This is. Kane. Mm. Kane showed up and has been there for 18 years. It's like, come on. That's all you had to say right there. Come on. The numbers don't lie. Right. And I, I, I just, but the, you know what happened when Kane came out? Kane debuted. No, nothing in happened ni- actually. Well, no, no, in 1997. Oh, 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 something happened. In 1997, Kane came out. And he interfered in a main event, and he took the door off the Hell in a Cell, and he laid out The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels was there. And Kane looked, felt, breathed, acted like a star. And like a demonic brother. Like a demonic brother. And immediately you got this sense of, Kane is somebody I got to deal with. Yes. Kane is a force to be reckoned with. And I don't care if you bring a legend. I don't care if Bruno San Martino walks back into this building. <laughs> He's not beating Kane. I don't care if the Ultimate Warrior walks back into this building. He's not beating Kane. You do not have that attitude. Whether it's Kane, Big Show, Brock Lesnar, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the way they've built the past. And, you know, part of that is because of the WWE Network, but the way WWE has built the past, do you get the sensation that Cesaro could beat anybody who's had any sort of success in WWE over the last 15 years? I don't. But if it were 15 years ago, I would. It's almost coming to a realization, though, that it's just overplayed. Yeah. If because it doesn't... Well, it gets to a point where it doesn't help. Just, like, you know, if I hang out with you every day, I mean, I hang out with you enough and it's already annoying. But just if it's that. just enough right. to where I'm like... Oh, that's cool. Right. Like, we don't want to see Kane every single week. Let's pepper it in. Right. So I'm excited when he comes back out. Yeah. Kind of like, like The Undertaker. Yes. Yes. Undertaker's... Don't make yourself too available. We've talked about this before, too. Right. Undertaker's used effectively. He is used very effectively. I mean, he could be promoted a little better than a commercial with Paul Heyman's voice on it. We don't even see his face. But Paul Heyman had to be annoyed at that, too. There pro- something was, that must have been a last-minute pull. Yeah, uh, are you free in October? Are you free in October? All right, we need you for Hell in a Cell. Well, no, I mean, even just putting that promo together. Because mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't on point. With... Right. It was strange. Yeah. It was str- and they didn't have graphics. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly dissatisfied with the ratio of young superstars to legends. Because that's what, that's what I was saying. That you have this whole roster coming up from NXT. But here's what's happening. In NXT... Because guys like Rhino, well, guys like Rhino, I'm not going to say Samoa Joe, but guys like Rhino and Brian Kendrick who came in are effectively used to build other younger guys because that's the only reason they're there. So NXT is developing this place where people become big stars in the NXT world. Then they move up to the main roster 
And it's like, oh, yeah, he's super cool, but he can't beat anybody, though. Because we got The Rock and Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker and, and Kane and Big Show and all these guys that have been around forever that just won't go home. Well, you could argue that about, like, Seth Rollins, though. Right. Seth Rollins came from NXT. Yeah. And he was the man. Yeah. But he can't beat anybody. Oh, that was a bad example. Dang it. He can't. You think Kevin Seth- Owens? The guy who lost, he beat John Cena once. He lost to him like. The Intercontinental, he, Intercontinental Championship. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about something a little more positive because I've always said this is a wrestling podcast for people who like yeah. wrestling. And we love wrestling. We do. You know, and uh, I thought that the uh, Kevin Owens thing, winning the Intercontinental title via eye gouge. Fantastic. Fantastic. I agree with you wholeheartedly. T shirt or no t shirt? I'm fine with Kevin Owens wearing a t-shirt. Yep, me too. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved that he beat Ryback with an eye gouge and a schoolboy. Because it's like, it's just, that is getting back to being a pure bad guy wrestler. He is not a good guy. He doesn't, he doesn't have any honor. He doesn't have any respect. It's perfect. I loved the ending of that match. And I think Kevin Owens as Intercontinental Champion is great. I think it's perfect. I think Kevin Owens is better when he has a title because that way, not only does he have a metaphorical chip on his shoulder, he's got a literal championship on his shoulder. Well, you know how I feel about the championship. I think it devalues him a little bit to put him as intercontinental champion. Yeah, I I disagree. That goes back to a tier two thing for me. Yeah, I disagree wholeheartedly. I don't think anybody – unfortunately, I think everybody sees him as a guy who could be heavyweight champion of the world, definitely. Yes. But – Based on the story that we've seen and the wins and losses, based on the TV he show. He isn't going to lose to Kane. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> based on the TV show, I don't believe him winning a main event because I've seen him get beat by John Cena multiple times now. Like, why would I think he could beat Seth Rollins? Nothing has made me think that he can beat Seth Rollins. I know he can beat Cesaro because he beat him at SummerSlam. Then he go, and that's why I'm thinking, okay, if he can beat Cesaro, I'll bet he can beat Ryback. But but he did beat John Cena. But then John Cena beat him like two or three times after that. It was like a best of ten. I know, and John Cena won all of them except one. He lost nine to one. Two to one. <laughs> two to one. It's not a best of ten anymore? No. Because I'm sick enough for Kevin Owens. Like, he, he needs it. I mean, he lost too much. It's like Bray Wyatt. Did you, do you think Bray Wyatt could, right now, be in the main event and win the WWE championship. No. Well, that's because, you know, he's been beaten by everybody. There was a moment where you thought that at the Royal Rumble, not this year, but the year before, when he beat Daniel Bryan clean in an amazing match, you said, oh, okay. Like, oh, what's happening here with Bray Wyatt? Like, this is a guy who could be the guy, but he loses all these matches. And it's like, well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it, wins and losses don't really matter long term, I don't think. I think no. that's wrong. But short-term, they do. And so Bray would need to spend some time. That doesn't have to be a huge amount of time. And the same thing goes for Kevin Owens. Have to spend some time being a dominant force. Like, Kevin Owens now has the Intercontinental Championship. What he would need to do is give the fans the general perception that he is bigger than that title. So they're saying he should, he's, yeah, he's bigger than the title. He should be fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship. And right now, he's not bigger than the title. He's not. He could be. I think at the rate initially a few weeks ago in which they could, were ramping him. A few months ago. A few months. A few better. months ago. Yes. Like in like June-ish. When he first showed up on the main roster. When he was pay-per-viewing Cena era time. When he first, yes. That, I agree with you 100%. But they went in a direction with him. So now he's a little lower on the card. And by the way, that's okay, I think. There's no reason why Kevin Owens, you look at that guy and can't think that he'll be around for a little while. And there's no reason why we need to rush him to the top of the card. Seth Rollins is doing a great job as world champion, I think. I think he's an, I think I love Seth Rollins right now. I think he's a great world heavyweight champion. I wish that he was involved in, in feuds with different people. But I think he's a great heavyweight champion. I was really hoping at the pay-per-view that Sheamus did cash in his briefcase oh. and Seth Rollins beat him. Oh, that, that's that's right, what I was right. hoping, because then Seth Rollins would walk away. OK, he lost to Cena, but he beat Sting and Sheamus one after the other. So then you're looking at it like, oh, maybe maybe Cena got lucky. Maybe Cena just got lucky this time. But, you know, when you kind of you kind of get lucky beating Sting, 
and then you get choke slammed by Kane, and then you show up on Raw the next night. This is what this is what always irks me. Why? And maybe I'm wrong. Why couldn't Kane have grabbed Seth Rollins before the John Cena match ended? Why did John Cena need another clean victory over Seth Rollins? Like, what does mm, that do? Mm. Like, why couldn't Kane have just grabbed him mid-match? And John Cena goes, what the hell is this? I'm out of here. You know, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't... John Cena is at the point in his career where he will never... There, win, loss, it doesn't matter. He's as He's invincible. You know what I mean? There is no strengthening or weakening John Cena. So he doesn't need the victory. And Seth Rollins kind of needs something because he can't just keep losing. All these guys, I don't know what it is. WWE is just like all the young guys are like, let's make you lose to Cena clean a bunch of times. (laughs) And it's like sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's like it gives him a spotlight like we were saying before about Brock Lesnar and Bo Dallas. But other times... You don't move off of that in a positive way, and it's not a great thing. I think you need to grab a Snickers, Sam. Why is that? Because just like everything's irking you today in your words. I'm very irritable. Yeah. I'm very irritable. What about the Cosmic Wasteland? I love the Cosmic yeah. Wasteland. We're on board and with that. I'll tell you this. Thank goodness the Ascension found a home. Yeah. I think it's great for the Ascension is who I really think it's great for. It took for. it being Mercury and retrograde to make this happen. <laughs> know your planetary alignments. <laughs> I think that uh, it's a great place for the Ascension, and I think it freshens up Stardust. I think it's very, very good. I, I'm, I'm happy for Stardust, as it were, because uh, Stardust is a comic book fan. So the fact that he gets to play out this supervillain thing, he's got to be having a blast. And it, and, it's, and it works for me. I think it's good. I have a hard time with matches that are the same match the next night. Like when they go and they do the six-man tag again the next night? What's up? Well, I feel like— Because it devalues it. It values the match itself. Well, I just saw it. Right. But. It happens all the time. This time, Neville and the Lucha Dragons won on Raw. <laughs> it doesn't. It, but they both still fought each other. Yes. But now it's like. And don't okay, get me wrong. I like that six-man tag there. But, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, now we have a reason for a third one. I think that's what it is. I think now we have a reason for Ed Hell in a Cell to have a, some kind of rubber match. Because now. You know, Team Ascension has won one, and Team Neville has won the other, so now there has to be a third one. I think that's what that's all about. I think. You know, I don't know, but that's what I think. Speaking of six-man tags, this is a question that's been on my mind. Mm -hmm. Why don't they let Xavier Woods wrestle? Like, they had the New Day wrestle a six-man tag with Rusev. Like, oh my gosh, that's so true. So, so New Wait, Day. At what point did he stop? Like, I thought he was one of the tag team champions. He was. It was Freebirds rules, meaning you could. So it, oh. Free Freebirds oh. rules is the rules that Demolition wrestled by, which meant that you could switch the tag belts around any of the three partners. So, if he's he, just too good, Xavier Woods as a manager. They're like, no, we like the trom- the trumpet the, thing. It's a. Tr- Trombone, you idiot. I think it's a trumpet, but they go, we like the I've trumpet thing too like much. i six times I mean, on this. Yeah, but I don't know for sure if you're right. Um, yeah, do they just like him screaming on the outside of the ring it too much? It is really strong. The entertainment value, as we've called it before, it's a performance art. That's right, it is. And it's strong. Xavier Woods is good, and New Day is good. I can't believe it. New Day's great. Yeah. I mean, after they got that push by Triple H and Stephanie, that one, was it a Raw? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're over. See, this is what I'm talking about. New Day is a great example. And maybe it was because there wasn't a sh- hugely strong investment in them as a team. that they What could do you ex- mean? They're one of the only few that have gotten, like, vignettes lately. Well, I still don't think. I think they got their vignettes. They I debuted. Was, I think they were supposed to be awesome, too, out the gate. Nobody liked them. Yes. Didn't knock as planned. No. And this is what we should be doing all the time. What we should be seeing all the time is... Being like, oh, everybody's chanting New Day sucks when they come to the ring. <laughs> what if we make them obnoxious bad guys? And then it's like, click, boom, oh, we got it. And that's because they're like being organic about things and listening to what works and what doesn't work. And, and you know, it kind of goes back to uh, that's how you build stars, I think. And, I, and, and that's the most valuable thing the WWE can do. The other thing that's valuable is both you and I. Uh, electronically sign the petition to Which, save the tables. Well, yeah, I think it's important to save the tables. See, and that's a, here's this is I think this is what irked me so much. Oh. And this is going back. 
Let's. I love the Dudleys, by the way. Everybody knows I'm friends with Bubba. I, I'm so glad that they're back, and I think they they add value. You're especially g- glad that they get Pyro. Here's my problem. Uh oh. Who got Pyro at Night of Champions? Uh-oh. Tell me who. Do you remember the list? If you don't, that's fine, because I really took note of it, and it's not <laughs> something that most people would take note so of. Dudley's got Pyro. Dudley's got Pyro, and their Pyro is amazing. It comes diagonally. I got it. I got it. Okay. Did Jericho get Pyro? Jericho got Pyro. Jericho got Pyro. One other person got Pyro. Oh, okay, wait. I get 10 seconds. It wasn't fireworks. It was Pyro, though. Oh, it wasn't Ryback, was it? It was Kane. Man. For some reason, they will keep the Pyro for these older guys, but they won't give the young guys Pyro. <laughs> Why does Seth Rollins get a little pyro? He's the champion of the world. He's the United States and the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, that should be in your rider. Yeah, if some pyro. Smart, like you should throw in a confetti bomb. <laughs> right. Candy. Balloons. Like Bailey, right out the gate. She's like, I'm going to put up some of these car yeah. sales things. Well, my dad's a used car salesman, yeah. so we got some of these uh, up, worm mans. Yeah, we want warm mans in every color. Yeah. But... And some slap bracelets. You turn around. I got, I got, I got bothered when I realized that it was only the older guys that were getting pyro. I'm a very big advocate for the young guys. I don't think it's it's wrong though. I, don't I think, think you're right. I don't think it's wrong either. Um, and if loving the young guys is wrong, I don't want to be right. Just don't poop on everyone's party. <laughs> it's Adam Rose this week. Yeah, that sounded like a little like Wade Barrett. But go on. Shut up. It's not as good as my other impersonations. Or my sting. Ah! Ah! (laughs) Speaking of impersonations, before we run out of time. Uh Uh-oh. The Divas. Huge storyline with the Divas. Huge storyline with the Divas. So Charlotte wins at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Charlotte wins at the pay-per-view, which I think we both thought was going to happen. And and it it makes sense. And it's good. But I did not see this page heel turn happening when it did. Did you? Oh, I did. You saw it happening on Raw. On uh, in that moment, right. maybe not. But right. I saw it happening in due time. You know, it was. But did you think it was inevitable, or did you yes. think it would eventually happen? I'm glad that they did it as fast as they did, because that's kind of that surprise element that we get to see every now and then. Right. Right. Yeah. Because because people did not see it coming. Didn't see it coming, but definitely overdue. Yeah, and what was overdue? And to bring Natty back too. Oh my gosh! Did you watch? I was doing my radio show because when I my raw habits. Raw watching habits are totally off the map right now because yeah, your schedule is all jacked up. I do my show on Sirius XM from uh, nine to midnight Eastern every day, which is a new thing as of last week. So on Mondays now, I watch you could get you you can watch USA Live on the computer with your cable login. So I watch the first hour of the show while I'm prepping my radio show. I watch the first hour <laughs> of Raw on the computer. I respect that. And then I go into the studio, and I have TVs in the studio. So I watch the last two hours on mute while I'm doing my radio show. And I'm not talking about wrestling most of the time on my radio show. But on, on this week on the show, I was sitting there. I was talking about – I think I was talking about that kid who uh, made a clock that looked like a bomb, and it became the national news story. And in the middle of talking about him, I go, yeah, I mean, there's all this going on in the world. Uh, the ladies on wrestling right now, I can't tell if they're fighting or if they're getting along. Oh, they're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting because I saw Paige go they're off fighting. on fighting. Then I was watching, and then I go home after the show at midnight, get home at like 1 or 2 in the morning, and, and watch Raw on the DVR. Uh, but, because I got to know what happened. But um, did you see the Natty-Naomi match? Is It was vicious. It was so physical. That move that I think Natty did it. Where Naomi is, uh, she's sitting on the on the mat, so she's sitting upright, and then Natty like hits the rope and kicks her back and walks over her, so she like flattens her down, so her face, so she's sitting upright and her face has to hit the surface because Natty is walking across her back, slamming her down, and then from the other end, she kind of sits up and Natty kicks her in the face. I think that was that that whole move set right there yeah. was that just was a snapshot of how badly she wanted back. Yeah. It was all it was all in one move right there. I got to tell you something. After listening to her on your podcast. This here podcast. She seemed very frustrated. You know, she wasn't in the mix. And people were talking about it that that one it, it got a lot of downloads because of all the people that were talking about it online. It was almost high still the most downloads belongs to the Roman Reigns episode that just went everywhere. 
But that was one of these episodes that, you know, there's a quote from one of the interviews on there and it just ended up going everywhere and people started hearing it. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of that buzz picking up from, you know, a certain podcast and other places hey. um, had a lot to do with the fact that, okay, we got to do something. Uh, I also think it's a very good thing that just that storylines exist in the Divas division. Like, that's what we've really been waiting for. Well, and you called that weeks ago. Yeah, that there was just nothing going on. You have wanted on. that ramped up. Right. And it, to bring her in as kind of, I guess she's a good, you know, she's a good guy. Natty? Yeah. Well, she's got to be the good guy. Good she, girl. I would think, yeah, 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 yeah. Natty. Which is a good place to put a her. A good person. And that's what's really important. Yes. Um, in life. Natty is, uh, yeah, because she's the underdog now. Now you've created somebody who fans are becoming aware this is the chick that should have been part of the revolution. Well, Where I think next what's going to happen is these factions are going to continue to break up. I think so, too, and I think that's a good thing. Very good. I think here's what I, here's what I like about what you have. You have a scenario now where Charlotte is the champion. Nikki Bella wants her title back. Paige has had enough and wants the attention back on her. Paid time off. And, deserves it. <laughs> that's right. And Natty is saying, okay, it's time to remind everybody what brought me to the dance. So you've now got Paige, Nikki, and Natty, all matches that I would see. I know you don't feel the same way about Nikki, but I like Nikki Bella. All matches that I would like to see, all focused on getting that title. At the same time, you've got the best female wrestler on the roster, Sasha Banks. Truth. Uh, well, I, you don't think so? She's uh, my, well, that's debatable. Oh, yeah, it is debatable, but I'll have the debate because that's that's my homie. That's my. That's boo. true. That's my boo. That's true. She said that you could find you could you could do the research yourself. She said that about me. Also true. Um, but she is is kind of not at the forefront of all that's going on in the divas division. But that's okay because she's getting the opportunity to wrestle these incredible NXT matches. I know we talked about it when TakeOver happened, but she and Bailey had a women's championship match that outshined Prince Devitt and Kevin Steen in a ladder match. I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to get your take on now Regal coming out and saying Bailey Sasha rematch. The Iron Person. Iron match. Woman. Yeah. Was that a 30 minute? They're doing 30 minutes, yeah. Uh, it's going to be the main event. Yeah. And you know what? It should be. Wow. It should be because that's a that's a stamp that moment right there. And it is. It is a moment to be stamped. Those women are stealing the show on a regular basis. And whether it's Sasha and Charlotte, whether it's Charlotte and Natty, whether it's Sasha and Bailey, it's like you put these chicks together and they're tearing the house down. And it's it's multiple shows now where people are leaving and they're talking about that match. Nope, that was the match of the night, if not weekend, if not year. You know, and there's and there's no denying it. Were you surprised though that Regal or whoever powers that be said that that would that, that this main event would happen this fast for a female to headline? Uh, no, because I guess head- what's that headlining over? Whoever, uh, uh, whoever. Uh, Fergal, Devin, whoever Prince De- uh, uh, Finn Balor has to keep up face for the title because uh, you know whoever whoever Finn Balor has to face for the title. Huh. I mean, I don't know who's he gonna. It's like, but that's what's going on in NXT. It's like really, even without Charlotte and Becky, it's still all about the women, and that's not due to you know commercializing thing that's due to the fact that they're putting on the best matches period i don't think nxt is all about the women i would argue that i think it's strong women i mean what who this is the name on the marquee this time they're doing their show and the name on the names on the marquee are sasha versus bailey that's the match you're paying for if it's a pay-per-view it's not a pay-per-view it's incredible it's on the network it's in, that's an incredible historic moment and and i mean you know there was a time when it was like, I want to see Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I want to see uh, uh, Finn Balor win the title. I want to see this. I want to see that. But really, is there any match that you want to see in NXT right now? Uh, really like, oh, that's not a women's match. Well, Paul Cruz is strong. Paul Cruz is strong, but it's not. he's just got there. 
Right, which makes that ebb and flow like now. His, like he's an attraction, exciting. but it's not like he's going to. He's going to have blue like, pants. Right, vaude villains. Right, these are all people that are going to have great performances. Dana Brooke. Well, I got a great Dana Brooke impersonation, but I got I got to really perfect it, and also I want to tread lightly on that because I don't want to get my ass kicked. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a physical beast. But here's why I like what's what I was talking about, Sasha Banks, and you know. I think she's got the opportunity, which these other women don't have, to continue to have these NXT level five star matches, create even more of a buzz about herself. Then when it finally comes time, when all the dust is cleared, when all this Paige and Nikki Bella and Natty stuff, when all that gets cleared out of the way, guess who's gonna be standing there ready for Charlotte? We're fine they're smart. That's WrestleMania. They're Written smart all over it. to not have the Charlotte Sasha match in WWE. The you know the the title match the big one, push it off, push it off. You have that. You have all this stuff happening before then. Let it build. Let a buzz build because it will. It definitely will. And I don't think, you know, I think NXT is doing a smart thing. And I mean, they're branding themselves behind women's wrestling. That's part of what they're doing. So I'm not surprised that they're headlining one of their main shows this early with a women's match. I mean, they did it at the live show in Philly. With Charlotte and Sasha, um, I think that NXT and the people controlling that show are a little more progressive, and they're saying, "Okay, who's the biggest star in UFC right now?" Ronda Rousey, uh, hands down, hands down, Ronda Rousey. You know who's who are the matches that people are coming out of these NXT shows talking about? It's the women. So it's like, okay, we can be at the forefront of this, and we can brand ourselves behind that. And look at the, look at the main roster. Like the difference in the matches already is is night and day, night and day. So I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it. How are you? Does Blue Pants get in on the Divas Revolution? Uh, I think Blue Pants, uh, she's got a little more chillin' to do before she pops yeah. into the Divas Revolution. She's going to come up with a better name than Outerwear? That, that, da, da, that, that, da, da. Red, white, and blue pants. <laughs> <laughs> ha! Well, Katie Linendahl, it is always a pleasure to be in your company. You can follow Katie Linendahl at Katie Linendahl. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And get this. Get this. Katie Linendahl is launching a podcast of her own. I'm so excited because, you know, I think a lot of you have gotten to know, because people know Katie from her, whatever, a Today Show appearance, a CNN appearance here and there. It's these media hits. It's these little blasts centered around one topic on somebody else's show. And I think a lot of what has ingratiated the audience to you on this show has been they finally get to hear you talk and hear your opinions. And or hear Nikki Bella stuff. talk. Or maybe it's the Nikki Bella impression, which maybe. you're, you're going to have to squeeze into your podcast, too. Oh, I will. But Katie is uh, focusing on her podcast, on her uh, one of her loves, which is technology. The show is called katielinendahl.show. It will be on iTunes. If it's not already up there at the time you're listening to this, it'll be up there very soon. Uh, we're just getting ready to push out episode one as we're recording this at the same time. Um, it's going to be very, very exciting. She's going to be talking about uh, all things tech, uh, talking about, you know, we were talking about the future on this podcast, talking about the future of us, of civilization, of society, of technology. We were talking about with our friend who is a super genius about robots taking over. Yeah, and I was about to say, legitimately, Katie's got like, it's not just dopey me who's hanging out with Linda <laughs> Doll. She's got all these actual genius friends that she talks to, and she's going to make them all part of the show. So if, uh, if, if, if you like Katie, if technology... Is that all an interest to you? And she breaks it down. It's not an. It's not a. It's not a. We're not talking about TCP/IP protocols. I don't even know what you just hey, said. Hey, that's that's boring. That's this is all right. cool stuff that you can't get anywhere else. It's entertaining the same yeah. way you know Katie's entertaining. So make sure that you subscribe to KatieLindendahl.show uh, once it's ready for you to subscribe to it. And uh, you know, follow her. And uh, thanks for joining us. And thanks for being here, Katie. Chasky. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.